Hello, you're listening to the C set of movies uh, on Colin on the C. Uh, with me is Zijan the Z, and we're on magnificent episode eleven. Hello, Zijan. Hi, everybody. Hi, Colin. How are you go? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. I'm really. I'm wishing our magnificent seven episode had been episode seven. Then my intro would have been great. Unfortunately, no. We we could have started later, but yeah, nah, that didn't <laughs> work out. <laughs> I watched many films this past two weeks, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. I apart from Groundhog Day, which I was supposed to watch because of this podcast, as well as Magnificent Seven. I saw Don't Breathe okay. and Kubo and the Two Strings as well. So those two films are out in the cinemas right now. And they're both really good, actually. Well, especially Kubo and the Two Strings because it's animated. You do like your animated films? I do, actually. It's a very, very beautiful film. So check it out. I've also seen uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, which is very good, and uh, Deepwater Horizon, which was uh, actually surprisingly good fun. Isn't so, Deepwater Horizon, is that the... Mark Wahlberg film. Mark Wahlberg oil rig exploding film, yeah. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that in Magnificent Seven. So how do you come across that before? Well, when Zijan, you're a very important person like me, sometimes you get tickets to advanced screenings uh, uh-huh. with uh, with the good people at the Times. You're not doing anything illegal, right? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, if you are, you know you can... Yeah, try not to announce it publicly. As a, as a subscriber to the Times, sometimes they give me tickets to it to advance films. Oh, okay. Um, and if they want to pay us for this publicity I'm giving them, uh, they've got my contact details. That'd be fine. Uh, <laughs> before we before we crack on, we should probably tell our, our loyal listeners uh, what we're going to talk about today. And it you is, do that while uh, I have a nap. Okay, it's going to be a long podcast today, guys. Brace yourselves. Uh, as as, uh, as we've hinted, we're going to be talking about uh, The Magnificent Seven, a film which has just come out in cinemas only, or well, as we record, two days ago. Who knows how long it'll be by the time we get around to editing this and, and putting it on the internet. Um, we're also going to be talking about Groundhog Day, as Ezra mentioned. Uh, a little bit about the films of Amy Adams and Isla Fisher. There's going to be a Jane Austen quiz. And much, much more. I always say much, much more after I've done the full list of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, you woke me from my nap. It took okay. you good two seconds. Yeah, Excellent. there you go. <laughs> now, now that you're awake, do you have any news to give us? Yeah, the first one is, it's been quite a week to be fair, so I've been trying to dig out lots of stuff. Sure. Uh, the first one is that Jurassic World is going to be a trilogy. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't know whether you know about it, but uh, so they've just announced that Jurassic World is going to be a trilogy. As I mentioned, yeah. So I've been hearing recently. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to pad this out because it's not in a very, it's not in a very busy week right now. So, so yeah, how, how but, are they are they planning to do that by making two more films? Is that how uh, they're going to do it? Yeah, that's how trilogies work. No, I, I, I'm worried about you know the thing is when they did they made Jurassic Park into a trilogy, the other two films weren't that different from the first film. I mean, how much plot can you make about dinosaurs killing people? Well, four, four films and counting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently. So the thing is, I don't know what they can do to make it different. I think in the second Jurassic Park, the the T Rex was in San Francisco for a bit, wasn't it? It was certainly in some American city. Let's say it was yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, I'm worried that it'll go down the same route as the old Jurassic Park. So the first Jurassic Park was great, and it just went downhill. Jurassic Park two was okay, and Jurassic Park three, yeah, we, let's not talk about Jurassic Park three. Um, <laughs> And now you have just. I see that you still live in a flight path. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and the thing with <laughs> Jurassic World is that, uh, yeah, I'm hoping it just doesn't go down the same route. I mean, it's the same story. There's going to be dinosaurs. There's going to be dinosaurs that lose. Oh, then imag- they imag- Im- imagine if there weren't any dinosaurs. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the next one's about a runaway roller coaster or something. That would be. A- it would be surprising. It would be a different... Yeah, it would be surprising. I, I like the fact that at least they've made Jurassic World and it was good uh, before mm. they announced the trilogy. T- too many films now, like the um, latest Terminator, I think it was Ghostbusters as well, they announced it's going to be a trilogy before they made any of them, and then the first one's bad, and they're like, ah, we, can't, we can't really do two more. At least this yeah. one, they've, they've made it, they've had good reviews, they've waited a bit, and they say, actually, okay, we'll make a couple more. Um, not going down the Avatar route of making five more or... <laughs> no, no, not five more. I, I have no idea uh, what they're going to do with five Avatar films. But yeah, good luck, James Cameron. Go for um, it. I've also found it a fairly slow news week. But um, my favourite story uh, of, the, of the last couple of weeks, uh, Fox have acquired the rights, of, sorry, acquired the life rights for Stan Lee. 
and are planning to make a, a 1970s action adventure movie about him. <laughs> I don't know much about Stanley's history, yep. but I'm pretty you're thinking, certain... You're thinking he didn't take part in any action adventures no. in the 70s? No! Me? Oh. No, I don't know what he can... I mean, he plays an old guy really well in the Marvel films. Sure. So, yeah. so for those who don't know, uh, Stan Lee is, is a comic book uh, creator. He created uh, Spider-Man in Fantastic Four, probably. And basically, all, all the Marvel heroes that you've heard of. Um, and quite a few you probably haven't. Yep, that's his main job. But yeah. at night, he turns into a Cape Crusader. Um, well, apparently, I'm not sure they're going to do it as a superhero thing. Apparently, nope. the, uh, the inspired by Roger Moore's 007 is is the word on the street. Oh, so he's like, a spy now? Uh, I, I believe so. Comic book writer by day, international yep. spy by night. Spy by night, yeah. Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> it's it's not, he's not playing himself. I would have, I would have thought because he didn't look like that in the seventies. So uh, who knows who'll be playing Stan Lee? I think it's early days for this project, which I confidently predict will never be made into a film. But uh, that's that's where they are now. Maybe in a few years' time we'll we'll get to see it, but but something something makes me think we won't. <laughs> that is a good story, though, Colin. That is a good Jesus story. <laughs> yeah, um, I have one regarding um, Warner Brothers. Oh yeah, and uh, DC News really. So their CEO, uh, Jeff Bukes, um, he's basically given an update to the shareholders following Batman vs Superman, and has admitted that the studio has a little bit more work to do. Right. He read the reviews, did he? Yeah. So in the quote is that, he said that we do think there's a little room for improvement. Right. We can do a little bit better on the creative. The DC Comics characters have a little more lightness in them than maybe what you saw in those movies. So we're thinking about that. There you go. Okay. Fine. <laughs> we could have told him that. Yes. I, I think he's... He's, he's done well to spot that. Um, <laughs> I, I like how many littles he uh, put into like one, one, one quote, really. A little room yes. for improvement, just a little bit better. Yeah, there you go. It is a lot more work, Jeff. A lot more work. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Predator? As in the creature itself, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, or... Um, as, uh, the creature, the film, the franchise? Um, I've not seen it, actually. Okay. Well, oh no! Actually, I've seen those. Alien versus Predator. That counts, right? That counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it fought in Alien. It did. I've not. I forgot about that. Alien versus Predator. He fell in love with a human oh. as well. I'll be honest. I watched Alien versus Predator whilst doing the crosswords. I wasn't paying much oh. attention, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to believe that. There happened. was almost a kissing scene, but I'm not sure whether it was censored <laughs> out because I watched it in Malaysia, so it could be censored out. But there you go. I think she didn't. He, didn't the alien fall in love with her? No, no, no. Predator, predator did. The alien just wants to breed with everyone. Really, uh, I really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, you'll be excited to know that Benicio del Toro is in talks for the latest Predator film. That's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not a chance I'll watch something really scraping around for you this week. It's a slow <laughs> it, guys. Very worse. We we have contact pack. You got anything else? Nothing of worthy note, really. So let's skip this bit. Okay, let's 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 move on. Oh, I, I, yeah, I made a note that there's making a film of Crooked House, which is an Agatha Christie book. I thought that should be interesting. Gillian Anderson, Christine Hendricks are in talks. Okay, I've not read it before. Is it? What is it about? Uh, so it's Agatha Christie. It's a, it's a murder mystery, as you expect. There's a guy who goes to a, a crooked house, um, and someone dies. At least one person. Okay. More. Don't want to spoil anything. And he kind of. As in the classic Agatha Christie style, tries to find out who does it with a bit of help from the. I'm sure the local police uh-huh. help out a bit. One of one of her better ones, I think. Um, but there's, there's no Poirot, no Miss Marple. But we shall see. Let's move on. And ZJ, I know how you like it when I I change the order of things. Yes. So we're going to go with Actor Factor straight up. <laughs> okay, Actor Factor. Oh. Actor Factor. Amy Adams and Isla Fisher. So we bumped them last week because they're just. I got the pronunciation right now. You did get the pronunciation right this week. Hi, this I am. Um, good, good job. Um, so for those who haven't listened before, Actor Factor is where we pick an actor, or for the first time ever, two actors, and talk about the films we like. Yes. Films we didn't like. Yeah. Do you want to start with Amy Adams? Yes, because i got more of her than I do of Isla Fisher, really. So I, I've seen 
um, one, two, three, four, five, six, six Amy Adams film. Uh, three of which I'm pretty sure I've spoken in great length before. So those three are Man of Steel, um, Batman vs Superman, and Her. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, guess what? Both my favorite and my least favorite films are in those three. <laughs> but Excellent. um, the 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 other films that I've seen her in, and first of all, I want to bring up the first film that I've ever seen Amy Adams in is Enchanted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a Disney film. There's good music in it. It it brings back the day of you know the Disney princesses. So the start of the, the start of the film, she's uh, she's in an animated universe, and then uh, yeah, she is. And then she came to the real world Manhattan and discovers that happy endings weren't so happy in the real world. Oh no! What's gonna happen? But then there's a dragon, and then they killed the dragon. So it's like that was the end. <laughs> no, but it was, it was a really good film. It was very. I, I actually did. It, I enjoyed Enchanted, apart from the dragon bit at the end, which I thought was a sort of really bad CGI, kind of over the top. But, um, the rest of it, I liked. And, and Amy Adams had the, a very endearing look. You know, she was very fun. She was quirky. She was very endearing. I think the word for it is endearing. And you know, she played a really good princess. She is mm. what a Disney princess should be, really. It wasn't a kind of the first breakout role, but it's kind of the one, the, certainly the biggest that she'd done at that point. Possibly still the biggest she'd done now, actually. Um, you think so? In, in terms of her role in the stars of the film, uh, she's been in, I guess Batman v Superman's a bigger film, but she was, didn't have a big role in it. She's one of those actresses that I've always thought have won an Oscar before. She's, she's been nominated a few times, hasn't she? Uh, yeah, quite a few times. So I'm sure she'll get one eventually. She will. Because she's been around a, a long time, so I, I've seen sixteen films. Amy Adams. Um, oh wow! <laughs> Maybe you can do more of the talking now then. <laughs> um, so she she she's been around quite a while, and then she used to turn up in some very small roles in pretty bad films. So um, you'll know, Zizan, that I'm a fan of Matthew Perry. Uh, yes, good old Matthew Perry. Good old Matthew Perry. His his worst film is a film called Serving Sarah, or possibly Serving Sarah. Even within the film, they changed the pronunciation of her name. Um, it's it. He stars alongside Elizabeth Hurley. Uh, it's really, really bad. And um, <laughs> as I was going through the IMDb uh, page for Amy Adams, I spotted that she was in it. Uh, really? It surprised me somewhat. And um, she's in it for kind of one scene. Um, she's also in a uh, film called The X, um, starring Zach Braff and Amanda Peet, which is really bad. Um, she's in that for one scene, I think. Uh, her debut film was one called Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's kind of a mockumentary behind uh, a, a beauty pageant. Um, starring Kirsten Dunst, um, Denise Richards, uh, possibly others. Mm. Um, but she's, she's, uh, one of the contestants in that. Was it a very bad film uh, as well? It's showed some promise. It's kind of, um, I don't think it was Christopher Guest, but it's kind of Christopher Guest style, kind of the mockumentary, but long before The Office was doing things like that. It's, it's, I'd, I'd not necessarily watch it again, but it showed some, some good ideas. Um, but the one where she, I think it was, I think she was, uh, nominated for an Oscar for it. Uh, there's a film called Junebug, which my brother's a big fan of, and he, he, okay. he recommended it to me, um, where she plays the title character. Um, very endearing in that as well. Uh, hmm. And it's, it's kind of, I think it's an indie, kind of low-budget film, but it's the kind of the first time where she had a, a meaty role and the first time that people... Um, Notice her. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I wouldn't say it's my my favourite. I'm just looking through, through the list here and trying to work out what is my favourite. I mean, it's it's her, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I do like Enchanted, though. Enchanted is very yeah. good. Um, she was quite good in Night in the Museum, too. She was playing um, Emily Earhart, wasn't she? I think you pronounced both those names wrong, but sure. Um, <laughs> you're pretty close. She was. Um, I'm pretty sure she was uh, playing uh, Emily Earhart. Uh, uh, Amelia Earhart. Yeah, that's what I said. That's, the, that's close enough, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, she was in The Fighter. That was. Oh, I've seen The Fighter. Huh. And um, I I enjoyed the fighter, but I think I've um, the, the 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 performances were mostly dominated by Christian Bale anyway. Yeah, Christian Bale was the, outstanding. The, the fighter's yeah. brother, so I didn't really pay much attention to her role because it was more of a supporting role anyway. Um, but to be fair, the the fighter. Um, have you seen the wrestler before? Yes. Yeah, I think the wrestler is a better film than the fighter. Okay. Yeah, I think they they, you know. Maybe maybe I'm just you know um drawing the same blanket or putting them under the same blanket. I'm mis doing my English quotes right now, but um you know some umbrella maybe yeah. But anyway, <laughs> potentially yeah. But I thought the wrestler was a better film anyway. It was done much better. And, uh, 
Who was the guy who played the wrestler? Uh, Mickey Rock. Yeah, he did a really good job there. He was also in The Muppets, which I was surprised. You, you haven't seen The Muppets? No! No. So, so that was the... Oh, it must be five, six years ago now. Um, it's kind of the return to form of The Muppets, because they, they had a few kind of smaller films. So it was kind of their big comeback, um, starring Jason Siegel, but Amy Adams uh, played his, his girlfriend in that. Uh, it's, it's a great fun film. Um, I recommend that one if you wanted a pleasant... Afternoon's view. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to watch it, but for some reason I've always missed it. I know some of the songs though. I know the first song. Oh yes, yeah, the happy song. Happy song. Uh, Am I a man or a muppet? I think might have won uh, the Oscar for best original song. Oh, did it? That's a good song as well. And it stars um, the guy from The Big Bang Theory. Yes, Jim Parsons plays uh, his human equivalent. <laughs> um, did you see American Hustle? Yes, I did. What did you think of American Hustle? It was okay. I didn't care for it as much as the hype that um, Hollywood was giving it, I guess. I mean, yeah. um, they all had big hair. Christian Bale was yes. fat. Was. <laughs> See, yeah. these are the things I remembered from it, really. <laughs> um, and Jennifer Lawrence was Oscar nominated. Jennifer Lawrence yeah. was Oscar nominated. But yeah, I, I really don't remember much about it now, I think. I mean, it, it wasn't as memorable as I wanted it to be, really. No, I, I think, because I, I agree, it got lots of Oscar nominations. I don't think it actually won that many in the end, but um, it was kind of very zeitgeisty. It was David O. Russell had just done Silver Lines Playbook. It had a lot of the same cast from that. It had some, some of Hollywood's most popular actors at the time. But yeah, I, I found it very disappointing in that the storyline just wasn't up to much. It was kind of a hustle style. Kind of, have you ever seen the BBC series Hustle? Yeah. Kind of like a con man situation. Which just, it wasn't very clever. No. Um, and it's, I think just trying to survive on, on style and the, the outfits and the and in fairness the very good uh, very good cast but um, yeah. Forgettable. Very forgettable. But um, are we talking about future films as well? Not usually but go for it. <laughs> no. I just want to like uh, put it out there. She's starring in a film called Arrival. Oh yes. Um, which is a sci-fi film where she plays a translator. Um, Jeremy Reiner is in it as well. Um, I just want to give a shout out because it's based on a short story called Story of Your Life. Um, it's a very good story. I think you guys should check it out. It's on the internet right now. It's only 50 pages long. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's a very, very good story. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm hoping that it's going to be really good. And um, the reviews so far seem to indicate it, but yeah, who knows? I'm hoping for the okay. best. Yeah. I'm more excited about Passengers, which I think I mentioned last week. That's oh, now got a trailer out I as well. saw the trailer for that, though, and I wasn't as impressed. I thought it felt oh, really? very boring at bits. <laughs> it was plodding along. And you know I'm the biggest fan of Chris Pat out there. I do. Yeah, and even then, so I felt it was plodding along quite a bit. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I thought it looked a bit reminiscent of Sunshine, actually, which I didn't like at all, but... Um, Anyway, back to Amy Adams. Uh, <laughs> the, my least favourite film starring Amy Adams is The Master. Um, it was a Paul Thomas Anderson film starring Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, kind of, it wasn't Scientology, but it was kind of a Scientology-ish uh, cult, and it did. It got great reviews. Um, I thought it was absolute garbage. <laughs> It's one of those films that I just couldn't wait for it to be over with about an hour to go. So why was it bad? Why was it bad? You yeah, it was. There was kind of no character development at all. And that Joaquin Phoenix, who's coming off the back of her, so around that same time, um, no, in fact, no, it was a year before her, a year before her, um, kind of just played this one-note grotesque character, and there was no subtlety. I don't think um, the story didn't really go anywhere. It just dragged on and on. I think for something that was aiming to be kind of an intriguing character piece, I thought it failed horribly. Others disagree. Uh, Frowdy, uh, who may occasionally listen to this. Hi, you know, Frowdy! Um, enjoyed it, but no, not my thing at all. Uh, she she played the wife of Philip Seymour Hoffman okay. in that film, and um, she wasn't bad in it particularly. She's playing a bit more hard-edged character than she usually does. It's just that the uh, story wasn't great, was it? It was, yeah, uh, awful. Awful. <laughs> What's your least favourite Amy Adams film? Uh, um, yeah, it has to be one of the Superman films. I just need to okay. flip a coin. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, we've talked about Amy Adams for a long time, but let's let's cover off at Isla Fisher. Hi, Isla Fisher. Uh, I have no... You see, I didn't know who Isla Fisher was until you made me do this Amy Adams slash Isla Fisher film thing. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I went and did some Googling. She does look remarkable. They do look remarkably similar, don't they? They do. The way to tell which one you're watching uh-huh. is if the film is good 
It's Amy, Amy Adams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the film's bad, I can't help you because they've both made some bad films. Yeah. But Isla Fisher, and I, I, I don't throw this around lightly. Isla Fisher has never made a good film. <sighs> what do you think, Zizan, about the film Now You See Me? Oh, God. Yeah, I, I didn't like this film at all. I think the reason why I didn't like this film the most was that the whole idea behind this film was about magic. About okay. magicians doing magic. <laughs> that's what magicians do best. Yeah, that's that's true, right? But when you do a film, when you have so many quick, quick film editings and lots of cut scenes between different scenes, you don't really see any magic in it. It's just film magic. So it kind of defeats the whole purpose, you know, the whole idea of them being magicians in the first place. Um and it's very disappointing that way. I, I love magic. I, I love watching magic shows and trying to figure out how things are done. But when you have lots of cutscenes and it's, you know, all just camera work, it's, it's just very disappointing. And the twist in the end, don't get me started on the twist in the end. It was yeah. just, oh, I'm, I've not seen Now You See Me too, but I heard the twist in the end of that was even worse. And okay. they're making a third film of that as well. So there you go. So I didn't, I didn't hate Now You See Me. I, I didn't like it, but um, I, I, did, I saw it with you tonight, and um, and covers, and, and everyone else absolutely hated it. And I thought well, it was, it was okay, apart from the twist. Where I, I think we can reveal the twist now that they've made a sequel. Go on. <laughs> so Mark Ruffalo plays a cop who's searching, hunting down these con men who are magicians, um, and in the end, it turns out he's in fact their anonymous boss. But it doesn't make any nope. sense at all. <laughs> doesn't make it. They went on a roundabout in the end, a carousel. They did go on a carousel. But Isla Fisher's not in the second one. They replaced, replaced her with Lizzie Kaplan. Maybe she's gone out to make better films. I think she was just pregnant. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the other films I've seen of hers, um, Wedding Crashes might be my favourite of hers, and that's, that's not saying much. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughan go to weddings to hook up with girls. But will they fall in love at one of them? Yes. Yes, they will. That's all you need to know about this film, really. Rachel McAdams is in it, and was that why you got a film in the first place? That's why I watched the film. Yeah, uh, I was. I was wondering because you were never a Wins Vaughn Owen Wilson kind of fan, but but I am a Rachel McAdams fan. Exactly. So there you go. That's true. <laughs> I think my favorite film of Isla Fisher was, and is Rise of the Guardians. Oh yeah. Uh, is that good? It's an animated film where it stars, um, you know, the Guardians. Of right. the human race, really. So people who you, uh, fictional characters that you have. So you have Santa Claus, you have uh, the Easter Bunny, I think you have the Tooth Fairy, and okay. you have Jack Frost, if I'm not mistaken. That famous Guardian of Humanity, <laughs> Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah. Um, this could be a completely different film now. I, was say, I thought Rise of the Guardians was the one with the elves. Okay, is it? Okay, then, 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 then let's cut this. <laughs> <laughs> let's cut this bit out. <laughs> Podcast. I'll put it in. It's up to you, Colin. This has gone really well. <laughs> so, so your favorite your favorite Fisher film is one she wasn't in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, there you go. There you go, people. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> I haven't seen many Isla Fisher films. It's only now you see me and definitely Baby. Oh, definitely, maybe I, I I saw and. Uh, it's one of the one of the relatively few films that I've since um, given away. There you go. It's probably my favorite I Love Fiction film because it's not Now You See Me then. Right. There uh, you go. Cameron Reynolds has to choose between three women, all of whom could be the love of his life or something. I don't know. Yeah. Let's move. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Uh, right. Here at the C to Z of Movies, we like to do a film review every now and again. And Zizan said, there's a big gap between our film reviews. What can we review? And we rejected Bridget Jones's baby. Um, in favour of Magnificent Seven. Way. Um, thank you for cheering. Uh, <laughs> someone needs to. <laughs> someone needs to cheer. If if you you at home are cheering as well, thank you for that. <laughs> Magnificent Seven is a remake of the Magnificent Seven, which in turn is a remake of a Japanese film called Seven Samurai. Jeez, uh, and you're Asian. You've probably seen Seven Samurai. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for um, pointing that out. <laughs> The worst. I'm Asian. Yeah, no one knows that. <laughs> no, I, 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 I only did a hundred Western, and therefore I have seen the um, the the 1960 Magnificent Seven um, only a few weeks ago. Okay, 
And how does it compare? I've not seen either. I've only seen this Magnificent Seven. Of course, I've heard oh, of the. Um, you're say, you have, I thought you were going to say you haven't seen the, the one that's just come out. I'm just no. like, this, <laughs> this will make it very awkward here. Now, this is going to be an unpopular view, I think. Uh, I preferred this one to the, the 1961. Okay. We're not doing spoilers now, right? Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, we're going to go no spoilers, and then we're going to shout spoilers. We're going to talk about how we need to have a spoilers jingle, but we'll never make it. And then we'll yes. carry on going. Okay. Uh, so I'll quickly cover off the, the 1961, if I may. Um, so it starred Charles Bronson, Gil Brynner, Eli Wallach, uh, Steve McQueen, I think. And I found it relatively forgettable. I only watched it a few weeks, well, maybe a couple months ago. Um, and whilst I kind of remember the main plot points, I didn't actually remember that much about it. I'm not really a massive Western fan, which might be the issue. And, and but you like Back to the Future 3. I like Back to the Future 3, that's true. Mm. Well, it is my least favourite of the Back to the Future films. I think the problem, films from the 60s are paced a lot slower than they are now, particularly, I think, Westerns. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a good film, um, in as much as I enjoyed it whilst I was watching it, but I wouldn't necessarily hurry back to it. This one I thought was much better. What did you think about this one? Um, I was very entertained by it. Um, I mean, there's nothing new about the storyline, I don't think. I mean, in most West Westerns, Western films I've seen, and there weren't that many. The, the plot point seems to be quite standard, really. Okay. Uh, I'm not too sure. Maybe I've not seen enough Westerns, or maybe um, I've been you know, clouded by the stereotypes that I have against. Um, they, they've all got these hoverboards in them. Maybe, <laughs> nah. Um, it, it was very entertaining. I thought the, um, the cast worked well with each other, really. They played off each other quite well, uh, especially the seven. Um, the plot was predictable, but it was it was decent enough. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to say, because I've not watched masses of Westerns, but um, obviously this is one where it's kind of cowboys versus cowboys, effectively. So mm. it's obviously a traditional Westerns, cowboys versus uh, Indians, as, as they used to call them. Um, and whilst there, there are a couple of Native Americans in this film, they're, they're kind of one on each side, effectively, aren't they? So they're not, that their allegiance is a bit different. Um, it's probably worth covering off briefly the plot before, uh, or, or the non-spoilery plot before uh, we talk too much. Okay. Um, I mean, I think if you give someone the title of the film and tell them it's a West and you can, uh, and let them see the trailer, I'm pretty sure you can pretty much work out the entire plot by yourself. Based on the trailer itself, you can just figure out that, you know, uh, a town has been wrong in some way and then Denzel Washington comes up and recruits seven people and saves the day, really. That's all you need to know. And that's the entire plot yeah, of that, the film. That'll do it, yeah. yeah. So, so there's, um, there's a girl who's, whose husband's been shot. I think we see that in the trailer. She wants justice, but she'll take revenge. And there's lots of people shooting each other. Hmm. The, the film has got fairly, well, very average reviews. I've seen lots of threes and a couple of twos stars. Okay. I, shall, I, I think it's harsh. I, think, I mean, as you say, it's not particularly imaginative. In fairness, it's a remake of a remake, so I'm not sure what you're expecting. But what it does, I think it does very well. They say it's an entertaining film. It, it, about two and a quarter hours, and yeah. I didn't feel that it. I didn't feel that I was. It was too long. There were a few bits I thought maybe some of the shooting. I thought yeah, you can skip past this. It's just people shooting each other for for minutes. <laughs> but I was thinking about Suicide Squad in this film actually. Um, Did you? And you're, I, I was thinking a bit about it because you, you've got your team of people. Yeah. And I was thinking just how much better they managed the kind of the split of time. Uh, or the kind of the, the allocation of time between this cast. Yes. So fair enough. Some of them barely got anything to do, which is true in the original as well. But um, comparing, like, so that's Will Smith and Denzel Washington. Um, uh-huh. Will Smith kind of took over Suicide Squad, whereas Denzel, was, although clearly the lead in this, didn't kind of dominate it in the same way that again we bring back to Suicide my Squad. my thing against Will Smith. We are indeed. Which I thought, yeah, showed. Uh, it was good, good, good on Denzel Washington's part because I, I imagine he had enough power that he could have tried to force them to to make a, a story about him. So that was good. Um, who who was your your favorite of the cast? Would you say? Ah, oh, well, I like Winston Donofrio's character. Yeah, okay. I thought he was. Um, yeah, I thought he was really funny, and he was quite different from the other regular cowboy shoot 'em up kind of style. Yeah, so he he came. He was quite an older, kind of grizzled. Hmm. I got. A, I'm not sure what those explicitly shown, but I got the feeling he was kind of a hard drinking kind of guy. I live myself, and you first see him when someone's stolen his gun, yes. uh, and they're kind of bragging about how they've overpowered this great cowboy and they're the future now. And then he comes and kills them both, <laughs> um, instantly. I, yeah, I, I I thought he was 
he was good fun. It, for the first scene, his voice really grated on me. Yeah, it was a bit different, uh, wasn't it? I don't know why it was mm. about it. That mm. yeah, but I, I thought it was part of his character anyway, so I, I give it a pass. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it was deliberate, but it it's just so nice. I think he toned it down after that. Maybe more, uh, maybe I just got used to it. I don't uh, know. Who's your favorite character? Uh, I thought uh, Ethan Hawke did the best job, personally. Mm. I, I need to keep looking because I keep accidentally calling him Ewan McGregor. So uh, if I do that, <laughs> I apologise. I've got Ethan Hawke written in front of me. I'm just going to keep looking at that. Um, uh, but yeah, he, he played, um, again, a kind of famous sharpshooter. Uh, and I thought yeah, he had some of the more comic lines. He, he seemed very convincing as a as a cowboy. Mm. And then you kind of... I was, he's always my favourite before he had a bit more of a complex storyline kind of about facing up to his fears yep. and, and what have you, uh, which might mention more in spoilers. We haven't mentioned Chris Pratt yet. What do you think of Chris Pratt? I think Chris Pratt is being typecast quite a lot nowadays. I think his okay. character is quite similar to that in Guardians of the Galaxy, very similar to that in Jurassic World now. It's like the the playing the very goofy hero. So yeah, I, I could see I could see the Jurassic World comparison. I didn't I didn't get a kind of Peter Quill Guardians. Probably not so much Peter Quill Guardians, but a lot of a lot of Jurassic World um, mm. similarities that I could pick out there. So um, I wasn't that big a fan of him in it. He, okay. he plays his character well. It's the same character, though. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I was expecting kind of more jokiness. I, I'm probably glad we didn't get it. I didn't, didn't want him just to like, you know, something happens and you cut to him to make a quip. Because I think we've seen a lot of that. Kind of, yeah. Your Iron Man or your James Bond or whatever else. I, I was glad we didn't get that. Mm. But um, there, there wasn't matters of backstory to him, was there? There wasn't a kind of... No. Complex reason because towards the beginning, uh, so it's not really spoiler. I guess you, you see him being confronted by his brother, and they get into a bit of a fight, and he shoots his brother's ear off. It's, so, and you kind of so you definitely get the idea that there's a history, an interesting history to the character, but you just don't see it at all. Were they brothers? Uh, beyond that, uh, at one point he said, "You're my brother." Yeah. Okay. Oh. Unless, unless maybe that was just a. I thought uh, those two people who were yeah, speech. Maybe I hope not. I thought it was his brother. <laughs> Shall we go spoiler territory now? Spoilers, Yay! spoilers, spoilers. We need a jingle for this. We need a jingle, we do. If only someone suggested that. Um, <laughs> okay, we've done that now. Moving on to spoilers, yeah. mate. Uh, I was, when I was watching it, I was thinking whether you would like the amount of gore in the film. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't, I felt like there wasn't really a problem at all. You didn't see masses of blood and, obviously lots of people get, there's lots of people get shot, but it wasn't kind of, it wasn't kind of Tarantino-esque for kind of to show lots of gore. Okay, that's good. It's probably a, it's a twelve. Is it a twelve A? I thought it was fifteen. Twelve A. I can't remember. That. I'm not used to the British rating system. Still, uh, there were some plot points which are a bit loose, which I didn't like. Oh yeah. Was um why Winston Donofrio's character Jack Hon, or Red Harvest the Indian? Why did he decide to join the Seven? I I mean I don't I don't really remember. It's just a <laughs> kind of well we might as well do this as do That's anything it. kind of a. I know I've got nothing better to do. So there, I'll join yeah, you guys. Yeah. And again, that was that was kind of fairly similar to it was in the uh, in the 1960 version. That a lot of them come like, "Is there any money in this?" Well, not really. Well, we'll do it anyway <laughs> for funsies. Because theoretically, um, Chris Pratt's doing it because uh, you know, he's got money for a horse. Yep, that's the, his has the most believable reason. Yeah, I, think. Um, I can't remember why Ethan Hawke does it. I don't know if he, did he owe some debt or something. Was, or was that just for the money? I don't know. Maybe he hated the bad guy. I can't remember. Hmm. No, yeah, no. Let's not think about their motivations. Yeah, I mean, you're going in. You know, he's going to recruit. But it took it took quite a while recruiting. Uh, I, again, I didn't feel that it lagged. I think you kind of each character is interesting enough, given enough time. Yeah, except the Mexican guy. Though. I, was going to say, I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. he was basically a Mexican Chris Pratt. He was. So Chris Pratt made some fairly racist um, <laughs> jibes at him, which I guess is okay in the old west. Um, <laughs> And yeah, he he was his job was to be Mexican, but again, with with that many characters, as I said, I thought the screen time was fairly well shared. But that many characters, you've got a an actor playing that role that no one's heard of, and I can't remember his name. Clearly, he was never going to get masses of screen time, was he? Yeah, but considering like um, the Asian cowboy got quite a lot of screen time, I thought they would give everyone more. Uh, what do you think of the diversity of the cast? Because that was a big thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting that. Obviously, Denzel Washington playing the lead, very little was said about the fact that he was black, which I thought back in, I, I can't remember what year it's yeah, set, I'm pretty black, sure in those days, <laughs> that wouldn't that be, would have been uh, an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first scene, he goes into a bar and they're like, oh, we don't serve the likes of you or something like that. 
but it was fairly kind of brushed under the carpet fairly quickly. I remember once reading a, I think I can't remember what I was saying, um, kind of going through the um, the tropes of films and saying any film you watch, no matter when it's set, there'll be no more than one character who doesn't share the morals of modern day California, which I, I thought was fairly accurate. <laughs> Well, in fairness, even the villain in this one wasn't, wasn't a racist no. chap, uh, uh, as far as we saw. Well, I think it's a good thing. Um, more roles yeah. for more diverse cast, why not? And We in the c of movies are anti-racism. <laughs> 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 it's, a, it's a controversial stance, but we're, we're sticking to it. That's good. That's good to know. <laughs> if there's more roles for for Asians, season, then maybe you'll get into appear in Star Wars one of these days. <laughs> one can always hope. I think the trailer revealed a little bit too much, but I guess okay. uh, there wasn't much. Uh, I mean, it's a very straightforward storyline, but at the beginning when you yeah. see the husband of Emma. Who's Emma? Um, the main female. Was she called Emma? I think so. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Emma. I, I'm Wikipedia it before I did this. Okay. Yeah. So she wasn't in, he, no, sorry, he wasn't in the trailer. And you can see in right. the trailer that she was crying and in tears and all that and you don't see him at all. So you, Probably going to figure out. You can probably figure out what's going to happen to him in the first five minutes. Yes, yeah, which yeah. kind of ruined it a little bit. I was like, "You're going to die. You're definitely going to die." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I looked at the name of the actress. It's Haley something. I can't remember her surname now. Um, what, what, what did you think to her? She was all right. The very uh, typical uh, tomboyish Western uh, yeah. girl who can shoot a gun while wear while wearing a dress. Yes, because uh, her part is definitely bigger than it was in the 1960 version. Okay. Um, okay. I, I say, I, I don't remember precisely, I, I don't think um, she kind of picked up a gun in that one. I don't, don't remember that happening. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't get a bigger name actress. I thought she was very good, actually. Um, I, I checked on IMDb, I think I've seen one or two of her things, but never, like, any in very small roles, so I didn't really recognise her from anything. But I thought she did a great job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because, I guess because they want to push the diversity, I'm surprised they didn't get a, a bigger name actress to play that role. Yeah, but... Good for them, though. I mean, you have quite a few big names anyway yeah. to begin with. You have Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke. So why not have a lesser-known actress playing the main, yeah. main female role? I think I think she should oh. go should go far. One one of the um, one of the issues I I had with it um, was when they first turn up in the in the town, um, kind of when they've assembled the seven and they, they turn up, they just kill everyone. There seems to be very little checking to see whether the people they're killing are bad guys or not. Kind of the basis. <laughs> I mean, first of all, when they first turn up, there's kind of a few people that would challenge them. Fair enough, those are definitely bad guys. But then after, they're just kind of wandering into a pub, shooting anything that moves. Well, if they're shooting at me, then they're bad. That's pretty much but it. But something just like way of them shooting, they, just, they happen to see out the corner of their eye that someone walked through a door. Right, he's dead. <laughs> but because at least like, chucking a scene where she shouts, everyone hide, these guys are coming, or something like that. But it's just kind of, they're just assuming that all the good guys are <laughs> hidden in an attic somewhere. Oh, I, I quite like the action scene, though. That, that one. I quite, I like both the action scenes, really. But the first one was much more. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't bad, was it? It was, and you had the kind of subplot of Ethan Hawke not being able to, to shoot anymore. Yeah. Which again, I can't, I can't remember why he couldn't shoot no, anymore. No, me neither. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, <laughs> what did he tell, um, Denzel's character? Oh. Why, why couldn't he? <laughs> Shoot. He was remember. mumbling a little bit and you can't read his lips because he has his huge moustache. <laughs> so, I, mean, I assumed it would be something like uh, someone, he'd, someone he knew well had died or the horrors of war or, or something. Uh-huh. Let's, let's assume it was that. Oh, well. Let's assume that then. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing which I was very curious about and I have no idea why this came to me was because uh, I know why it came to me because every time they did the editing about when they're holding glasses or when they're cleaning looking at the map and things they highlighted how dirty their fingernails were so okay. which is good all, all good because you know this is the west they probably didn't have nail clippers and it's probably quite dusty and I was thinking and during the entire time and this is <laughs> why do they have perfect teeth I was I thought the same thing um, <laughs> did you really maybe it's because I'm British. Uh, we famously have bad teeth, but yeah, when they were, yeah, you look at them and think those are not people from from the old west. No. Those are people with 21st century dentistry. Uh, <laughs> Such perfect teeth, white, white shiny, clean rows of yeah. teeth. And the, I think it stands out even more because I was noticing their dirty fingernails. I didn't spot the fingernails, but the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> look here we are, good film reviewers nitpicking. Yeah, it's all about the teeth. It's all about the teeth. In fairness, I thought they all looked fairly decent 
kind of fairly convincing cowboys. Apart from um, the bloke who went with Emma, who I, I couldn't work out quite what relation he was to anyone, but he, he lived in the same town. He went with her to track down the seven. And I thought he looked quite a lot like a 21st century hipster. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, just looking at things, that, that haircut was never seen back then. But, but, but the rest of them, yeah, Ethan Hawke, Chris Pratt, I thought they all, Vincent Dottery in particular, they looked convincing for the era. And yeah. their voices were pretty good. Um, Chris Pratt's, I thought, went into parody a little bit. But, um, <laughs> His one did, yeah, I agree. Now, you know that I enjoy a romantic subplot. Uh, I talk uh, about it a lot. Yes, you do. I do. And the 1960s had a nice romantic subplot as as three of them were riding off. Well, I guess we'll come on to that. But three of them were riding off um, and the girl looked not not the same character as, as in this one, but a different girl kind of looked longingly at him and he turned round and joined her to stay with the town, to stay with her. And my heart was warmed. And uh, there was nothing like that in this one. Uh, well, the thing is, the so they can't do it with the main character because that would be just awful. Sure, yeah. Because she just lost her husband. That would be very awkward in so many ways yes um, and there are no other women of note no <laughs> no other women of note the other one had a baby okay you can't <laughs> and she just lost her <laughs> husband as well okay that's all you need yeah. to know there are only two women in the whole city yeah so I missed that that was a shame mm. what do you think to uh, Peter Sarsgaard as the uh, as the baddie uh, he was quite a caricature wasn't he hmm. I, I thought so he was, He played he played it well I yeah. guess there was, there was no depth it was I, I, I liked so him dead. I was like I think he's good he was good in and education and Garden State. I enjoy watching his stuff. Yeah, but his character was basically like just a character, really. He didn't yeah. have any motivations. Those motivations are very loose. I mean, he just wants money. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yes. Kills people yeah. for money. Um, spends money to buy more people. Although I have no idea why he went into the city himself anyway. You can just yeah. hire more people and just sh- send yeah. them in again. Yeah. So, so if we talk about the final scene. Yeah. Um, the, not the final scene, but the kind of the big um, fight scene which takes up the last half hour or so yeah. of the of the film it was it was fine wasn't it it was alright it was, was alright yeah lots yeah. of people died I don't know how many people died in the, the original film but oh, I was looking at this film I was yeah. like wow how many people does this village have you, you, you say yeah. it was a small town wasn't it I'm pretty yeah. sure you pretty much killed 80% <laughs> of the whole population yeah I, there was quite a lot of death in the original but not, not that much and also Basically, they just absolutely destroyed that. Town. It was a massacre. It was <laughs> an absolute town, massacre. Yeah, even ignoring the deaths, half half the town's on fire. Half is riddled with bullets. Um, basically, like yeah, they ran it. So there we go. We solved your problem. Um, everyone's everyone's dead, and your town's ruined. But apart from that, it's uh, yeah. The, the the Gatlin gun, I don't think was in the original. Um, no. But they just kind of stand thirty meters away and shoot the entire town to pieces. Did they have Gatlin uh, guns in those days? I have no idea. Why? Well. I assume I, I have no idea, but I, I assume they wouldn't have put it in unless they did. Hmm. So, w- having not seen it before, were you were you surprised when? Uh, uh, and since we're deep into spoiler territory, yeah, yeah. Um, when they died, four of the seven died. Yeah, I was actually. Okay. I was well. Um, I wasn't expecting it at the beginning, but um, in the middle of the fight, right in the middle of the fight, when I've noticed uh, the bodies were adding up quite a bit. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of figured that you can't end this without any of the seven dying because it would be very unrealistic in any way. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. In many ways. So yeah. So in the end, I kind of saw part of it coming, I guess, but not right in the beginning. As soon as Chris Pratt was clutching himself and saying, "So far, so good." Yeah. In the original, four of them died, so I was expecting it to happen. Um, I, I I'm not sure if there's a complete kind of. Um, mapping of characters, so I couldn't kind of say, "Oh, he's definitely the Stephen Queen character, therefore he's going to die," or or what have you. Also, I couldn't remember which which people died, which people didn't in the original. So, uh, okay, didn't matter too much. But um, I'm glad they kept that in. It would have been, yeah, it'd have been a horrible Hollywood it, ending if you kind of had all seven just marched out or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did. We taught you how to shoot guns. We led you to your death, and now yeah. we are fine. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Off to fight another day. Yeah, <laughs> now nah, that wouldn't work at all. I would, uh, I would say it was a four star effort. Uh, yeah, I was very entertained by it. Four out of not ten, right? No. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of, I was hoping we disagree because we tend to agree <laughs> on these things. I was having a bit, bit of a dramatic impetus. Oh well. My, I have two things to say. Two things left. Um, firstly, my least favorite part of the film was the the over uh, the, the voiceover at the end where the girl says, "And it really was magnificent." 
was pretty bad. Does that drive you up the wall? And they 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 quote. The, is it like the fantastic? That was exactly what I was thinking of at the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what shall we call it? We are fantastic. Mm, look, they're four of us now. What do you think we should be called? Before I go for my last exciting fact, do you have any 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 other thoughts you want to add? No. No. Not very much. Do you nope. remember Coolio's song "Gangsters Paradise"? Yes. yes. I didn't know you. I didn't take you for a Coolio fan. Uh, I have five in depth. The the man who directed the music video for Gangsters Paradise is the man who directed this film. There you go. Are we on? Uh, are we on a quiz now? <laughs> That's just an exciting fact to end this review. <laughs> go see it, guys. Yeah, check it out. And now we're on to Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Over uh, which and over again. Zizan saw for the first time this week. Yes, I did. And you liked it, right? I thought it was okay. I don't think it aged very well, though, unfortunately. Okay. I think many films now which had the same kind of idea. Such as? Age of Tomorrow. I know you wanted me to say that. So I love Age of Tomorrow, but Groundhog Day, I think, I, maybe because I saw it many years ago, but Groundhog Day is, is up there as one of the best films yeah, I've I, seen, I, I think. Yeah. Really? When do you watch it? Uh, so I probably saw it the first time when I was in school. It was maybe six Because I, I can understand why people liked it in the 1990s. Because it was the kind of film, yeah. you know, uh, uh, evil, mean person, you know, learning his lesson and becoming good. That's, that's, that's not a nice yeah. story, that's an Aesop. Um. But, yeah, I mean, there were, there were bits where I just wanted it to just go, move on. Because I know what's going to happen in the end. I kind of can figure out what's going to happen in the end. Right. So, just, 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 just do Fair it. <laughs> anyway, so we said that we were looking for, for recasting, uh, for the, well, mainly for the Bill Murray role, or we, people could go for the... Um, Andy McDowell role as well if they wanted. Um, I have. Before we go on to, to yours yeah. and mine, shall we? Shall we see what uh, some of yeah, yeah. Uh, the listeners and by listeners I mean my Facebook friends have said. A friend of the show, Darren Street, uh, hey, Darren. has suggested. Hey, Darren. Uh, the same actors again. Uh, Thirty <laughs> years later. Yeah, I saw that bit. I was thinking. Yeah, I don't think Bill Murray could survive a snowball fight. <laughs> Andy McDowell hasn't had that hit-filled career that she might have been hoping for back in 1994. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure she'd do it. Uh, friend Tom has suggested uh, either Ben Stiller or Jim Carrey. I, I could have gone with Jim Carrey 15 years ago. Yeah, I could go. <laughs> I was thinking Jim Carrey is a little bit too on the old side. Yeah, he, I, I, and he's also been sued in connection with the death of his former fiancé. Um, that's a Different thing. Altogether, I, I think, yeah. yeah. I think he's he's maybe his day of of doing these kind of films might have passed. Um, but yeah. I, I would have definitely liked him a while ago doing that. Uh, ben Stiller, yeah. I mean, I, I could see a kind of the, the. I can see Ben Stiller doing this as well. Yeah, Ben's a very good idea actually. Um, he's done some dramatic roles before. Yeah. As well, and he's done like he did Water Meaty, wasn't it? He did Water Meaty, and that yeah. was pretty much the, about the same idea, wasn't it? Like there was this grumpy guy who didn't like life. And then he went on this adventure. And he became nice again. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that way. He's more of a fantasist than a grumpy guy, but sure. I mean, uh, Jim Carrey, particularly, in, if you've ever seen Truman Show, I think that's a very kind of dramatic, but with a bit of kind of a comic edge. Uh, Danny has suggested a couple couple of different pairings. So, um, Adam Sandler. Uh, oh, God, no. Along, <laughs> uh, alongside either Drew Barrymore or Jennifer Aniston. Uh, sorry, Danny, I'm vetoing any Adam Sandler films. Um, but he's also suggested uh, Hugh Grant alongside Julia Roberts or Gemma Arterton. Um, I think Hugh Grant could pull this I off. Think I think like Hugh Grant can pull this off as well. And uh, Julia Roberts would be about the right age for him as well. Yeah. I think if she did it, they'd have to build up the role quite a bit. They would, because um, I don't think Julia Roberts would settle for playing just the, <laughs> the producer who's the love interest, yeah. and that's it. Uh, Gemma Arterton's interesting choice. She's quite a lot younger. Uh, I've never been a massive General Austin fan, really. Yeah, I don't know. I think she's maybe too young for Hugh. I'll be, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's acted alongside younger girls. Um, my friend John has suggested Meryl Streep. I wasn't entirely sure whether that was a joke or not, but let's, let's go well, with Meryl it. Streep can do anything, really. Meryl Streep can do anything. Can she do, can she do comedy? I'm she, sure. She's done, like, Mamma Mia, I Devil guess. Wears Prada, I guess, was it? Yeah. Comedy, really? Yeah. There you go. 
Speaking of, of uh, gender switching, Mark Graham, my friend, has gone for um, Charlize Theron or Emma Stone alongside Paul Rudd or Aaron Taylor-Johnson. I think Aaron Taylor-Johnson is a bit too young for this. And I don't... I've not seen him much, really, so I don't know why his acting chops are because his performance as Quicksilver in Avengers 2 wasn't particularly... It's quite abbreviated, yeah, wasn't it? Um, he was good. I liked him in uh, Anna Karenina. Um, and he's very, very good in Nowhere Boy, which is a story of a young John Lennon. I'm not sure how much that helps him here. I'll watch anything with Emma Stone in it, so fair enough. Uh, although Paul Rudd is about twice Emma Stone's age, so I guess maybe I think I think he was going for a kind of Charlie Theron and Paul Rudd. Or I can Emma see Paul Rudd. Or no, I can see Paul Rudd doing this. I think Paul Rudd's a very good choice. There we go. What a mark, Pete. Uh, who, in fact, I have uh, I have to thank for the inspiration for this whole segment because it was he who first told me about this kind of recasting idea. Um, He's gone for his first choice is Steve Carell, um, but would he ham, ham it up too much? <laughs> Guess what my first choice is then. All right. <laughs> let's, well, let's come on to that. So you, you've gone for Steve Carell. Yeah, you? I got for Steve Carell. Um, I liked him in Forty Year Old Virgin. Uh, okay. I think he played a yeah he played a serious uh, office worker quite well. I mean, he does ham it up quite a bit, I have to say. But I think he, he's the right age for the Bill Murray role, really. Yeah. I saw him recently in a film called um, Dan in Real Life, which um, I thought he did. He acted well in that. Because, um, yeah. yes, I think he does ham it up too much sometimes when he's in kind of anchorman mode. I yes. Think. So, obviously, he'd have to stay clear of that. But yeah, that's a good choice. Hmm. Did you go for a uh, Andy McDonald's placement? No, no. Or? I thought no. the role was a bit too limited to cast anyone. Yeah, I was thinking about actresses and I was thinking about the role. The role was very one-dimensional, really. So, I, I didn't think any actress that you know, our thoughts suitable one that role to begin with. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I've gone for, for Ben Foster, um, which is a bit out of left field. But did you know the actor Ben Foster? No. Um, so I first came to my attention in a film called uh, Get Over It, which was a kind of teen comedy a long time ago. Um, you'll have seen him in X Men Three, the, uh, the guy with the guy with the wings. Oh, Angel. Uh, that's the one. Um, but he's, he's done a few meteor roles since. He was in a film called Hell or High Water, which I've not seen, but came out last week or two weeks ago. Just getting very, very good views. But, um, um, but yeah, I, I think he, he has the ability to do comedy. Uh, I can, he also plays grumpy very well, so I can see it. I've done him alongside Alison Pill, who I wouldn't have expected you to have heard of necessarily. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> um, she plays, she plays a news producer in the, in the newsroom. And I, I thought, well, she plays a news producer in that. I reckon she could do a news producer in, the, in this. Uh, <laughs> again, you would have seen her. She plays the drummer in Scott Pilgrim. Oh, okay. She was very grumpy in that. She was. She's not usually. Uh, um, and for Ned Ryerson, who you haven't seen Grand Day, he's the guy who... The, the actuary. Uh, he's, yes. I'm going for Andy Samberg of Brooklyn Nine-Nine fame. Yeah. yeah, that could work. He could be annoyingly cheerful. To finish this segment, because we're running out of time, uh, my friend Rich told me that this film was originally uh, due to have Tom Hanks in it, which I think would have worked really well, actually. Yeah. Uh, and Jim, your friend, my friend Jim, uh, has suggested Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> well, now yeah. that he's extended his term. Yeah, he's, not, he's, he's too busy. He's yeah. too busy to do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, as ever, fun segment. Let's do it again sometime. But now let's move on to the quiz, which is on Jane Austen adaptations. Ah, oh, God, Colin. <laughs> How many Jane Austen adaptations have you seen, Zio? Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Yes. I've seen Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. There you go. So, yeah, plenty. So, it's fine. Yeah, as an aside, Lizzie Bennet Diaries, YouTube uh, modern telling in vlog form of, of Pride and Prejudice is absolutely wonderful. Check it out. But let's get on with Chris and let's see how we do. <laughs> Go um, for those of you who don't know, we ask each other five questions each. We keep track of how we do over time, and I'm winning for one. No one keeps track but you, Colin. Just me. I'll stop keeping track if you ever told me. Uh, I'll start you off easy. Um, which 1995 coming-of-age film is loosely based on Emma? Is it called Emma as well? <laughs> See, we, uh, we talked about this on the, on the podcast. Did we talk about this? The answer... My viewers are screaming at me. The answer is clueless. Yeah. That was the easy one. Yeah. What? 
Oh, this is going to get bad. <laughs> well, the good thing is, I've um, pulled out some questions which may or may not be easy because I have no idea. But question one, right. okay. why was the casting of Hugh Grant as Edward Ferris in Sense and Sensibility criticised by the Jane Austen Society of North America? <laughs> wow. Uh, is it because he stepped with a prostitute? <laughs> no. No? Wrong. That's <laughs> Come on, Connie, you should know this. Because he was deemed too handsome for the part. Alright. <sighs> okay, I can see how this is going to show <laughs> Question two. Yes. Which English knight, a famed stage actor who has a theatre award named after him, played Mr. Darcy in the 1940 Pride and Prejudice? Uh, oh, quite long this time. It's Olivia, right? Lawrence Olivia. Very good. Hey! I've done my research. Guess what my next <laughs> question is about. <laughs> question two. Which famous Bollywood actress starred what? as the Elizabeth Bennett character in the Indian-American film Bright and Prejudice? <laughs> she's famous, Colin. Even is I know her really? without seeing the film. Really? She's yeah. famous? She's probably the most... Um, um, she was... Okay. Very in which case, famous. Mira Sayal. <laughs> you just... Put two Indian names together. <laughs> Mira, Mira Soyal is, is an actress. You know, she, she's definitely not this one, but it's... No. <laughs> it's Ashwaya Rai. <laughs> Come yep, on! Right. Wow, Are you, I think you're actually going to beat me on this. Yes. Question three, which I changed to make easier, and I'm wishing I hadn't. Um, <laughs> which Oscar-nominated actress, who is going to play the lead in a big franchise film shortly... Did I first say was destined for great things after she played the lead in the TV adaptation of Northanger Abbey? Oh, <laughs> I know this. And yes. It's bugging me so much because I can't remember her name now. Uh, I can have to have you. I know it's. Uh, <laughs> she was in the theory of everything. Yes, wasn't she? She was. It's her first name. Felicity. It is. Can I stick with that? <laughs> I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a surname. Why do you need a surname for this? It's Felicity Think of think of a really common British surname. Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. There you go. Two 0 Okay, this is an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> Name two of the four Academy Awards nominated for the two thousand and five version of Pride and Prejudice. Uh well Kieran Knightley was nominated for Best Actress. Yep, that's right. Oh, it's a period drama, so I'm going to say uh, costume. Yep, you're right. There we go. What are the other two? Uh, best original score and best art direction. There you go. Okay, so I've called it back to 2-1, but uh, here's a chance for you to go into, uh, into a 3-1 lead. Which Asian director directed the 1995 adaptation of Sense and Sensibility? Oh, that's Ang Lee. It is Ang Lee. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling very bad now because I feel like my questions are very, very difficult. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. Yes. Have you read Mansfield Park, Colin? I've read half of it. Okay. Do you know what's the name of the risk play staged by the Bertrams and the Crawfords? No. Mansfield Park. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the question, is That is the question. <laughs> How do I know what you know and what you don't know? Um, I, I, I really didn't like Mansfield Park. I gave up halfway through. Um, it may have been after that play, but I still don't remember what it was called. Um, no, no idea. It's Lover's Wiles by Elizabeth Inchbold. Very good. <laughs> okay. This is this is going to be a whitewash almost. Um, question five. I'm fairly confident you're going to get this right, because you've already alluded to the answer in a different question. Yeah. Um, what is the name of the 2004 Bollywood-style adaptation of Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> uh, Bright and Prejudice. Four one. Oh, I, I have a I have a question to pull it back to four two. <laughs> Can I change my last question just to make it easier? <laughs> and I think I think the listeners want to hear how unfair you are. In this. <laughs> question five: uh, Who directed the nineteen ninety six film Emma, starring Gwyneth Paltrow? Um, it's a director question for you because I thought you. It is. I do like my director questions. Yeah. However, I have got no idea. Nineteen ninety six Emma. I've seen it. Pretty good. Um, Stephen Frears. Nope, it's Douglas McGrath. Excellent. 
<laughs> well, congratulations on that convincing victory. Yeah, we're not watching any other films. Um, you are no longer allowed to say that my questions are too hard. <laughs> what are we being quizzed on next time, Zayden? So, Colin, you do know Leica Film Productions. I do not. So, they are very <laughs> famous for making animated films. Okay. In particular, stop-motion animated films. And because of Kubo and the Two Strings, which is one of their films that they've made, I've decided to make the quiz two weeks' time about films which was made by this film studio. They've done only four so far. Right. Um, the first was Coraline. I don't know whether you've seen that before. Nope. Uh, Coraline is a very good film. Um, it's a book by Neil Gaiman as well. The others was The Box Trolls and Paranorman. Oh. So four okay. films, just four films. Just four films of which I've seen none. Um, well, it's a good time to start. You have two weeks to do that. As well as if we learned today, not seeing the films doesn't doesn't hold you back. So, no, clearly not. Great. Um, we're also going to be talking uh, Reese Witherspoon films, I believe, in yep. Actor Factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what with um, Girl on a Train coming out as a film soon, our main topic will be films on trains. Hey, are you going to watch the film? By the way. Probably not. On a train? Are you going to watch a film on a train? <laughs> uh, yeah, is it out on trains yet? Probably not. You can get it from your illegal sources again. <laughs> I probably won't see that one unless the Times is giving me free tickets to it. Uh, but I've seen plenty of others, so we'll have lots to talk about. Cool. Uh, we'll see you then, guys. Bye.